0: The Eleven Family has been selected to be participants in a new program, Homestead Forty-Two. Where are we moving to? Danville, Kentucky. I don't want to go.
1: What is happening here is for your own good. Pay no attention to Mr. Hoover's men over on my left. These people
2: will stop at nothing once they know what they can get away with. That's how this happens. Everyone's afraid. Shouts to
0: Bite your tongue. special, special, special. Episodes of the After Credits, The Plot Against America, uh six-part miniseries on HBO, We're me and the homie Jack, what's good, mom? Part five, baby!
1: Let's go! <laughs> We're getting there! We're almost done, it's crazy to think about. Oh, man. I, I still don't know if I'm ready for it. I'm still
0: trying to figure out, like you said at the very beginning, how the fuck are we gonna wrap all this shit up or whatever on just this last episode? But
1: you know, we're getting there. Th- things are getting dicey, S- spicy,
0: <laughs> real spicy. Little,
1: little Cayenne for you.
0: You guys remember, to, as always, to rate, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, everything is in all the links and stuff are in the bio and description below wherever you listen to. It. I mean, like I said, it's on all the platforms, all the everything. Link trees up in there. Got that April playlist for you for your head tops. You need some music to get you through this sad times and everything. So, and,
1: and that's all we'll
0: speak on it. No more Corona talk. Yeah, no, none of that. Like we get tired of hearing it, like from everyone else.
1: There was no Corona in the '40s.
0: You know, we we get a certain amount of numbers or whatever. I'm trying to see like how how many like downloads or listens we would have to get for um Jack to record a video tootsie sliding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> let me tell you you're you're gonna have to grow my brother grow. <laughs> can
0: y'all imagine that i feel like i feel like that might bring in more people that'd be, the way we, that'd be the way we pop off or whatever like oh shit is this a podcast where the white dude sliding?
1: you know my girl likes to do some line dancing but i feel like that's slightly different I think <laughs> think think i could learn I think She's I a lot different. Like I don't I don't see her like just
0: you know oh yeah we're gonna put our boots on with our like short shorts. Yeah but she would try. Oh man. She's gonna make you wear some boots too. You own nope. a pair of
1: boots?
0: <laughs> <laughs> No. No, thank you. No, no real. Do you own a pair of boots?
1: No.
0: I was like, that's a dead ass question because I'm like, okay, I can't see you with any Tim's and then you know, I mean I have work boots. Like All right, so what? I
1: have a, I have a pair of work boots. That's from my first job. I worked in a like manufacturing facility, so they provided those work boots. I still have those just because like they're non-slip boots. They're good for the snow because you know it snows all the time here. And uh not really. And yeah, sarcasm. What's kind of funny though is like all I do is rock high tops. But boots like you want to come up mid calf? No, thank you. I'm with you
0: there, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Even My boots are lo- like low key, low cut, like they just go
1: above my ankles. Yeah, I got the ones that were a little bit higher than that, but I was on my feet for twelve hours a day, like I, don't, I want some support. I'm telling you, by
0: the time I end up going back to work, or whatever, I'm like, oh my god, steel toes. It's been too long. <sighs> so we're gonna dive on in, like we said. Part five was wild. I just finished watching like a couple hours ago i had to wake myself up because my body wanted to go to sleep but i like my brain was saying you need to get this done because uh yeah like time's not gonna stop for you and then jack's gonna be ready to go and i'm gonna be sitting here unprepared that's not good we're getting this out here getting out we are in april of 1942
1: maybe worth pausing for just one second we started what september no july 19 or yeah 1940 so we're almost two years out from episode one.
0: Yes, sir. I'm just looking at my joint now. So little homies went from
1: being eight to 10 and what, 13 to about 15? Something like that. I I feel like Sandy's still supposed to be around at like 15, but maybe he's cracking 16 soon. Which I, I do think some of that might play into how he acts during this episode. Me and Sandy got beef, but you know, that's coming. Yeah, well. Sandy's doing something thing now
0: yeah he's he's he, he got he got a lot going on. <laughs> it's a dark rainy night here in Newark, and Herman comes home and he just it just looks like oh God, you know him and Beth start to talk about something that I guess we're gonna pause on for one second because sure. we're gonna jump right back into it in like a little bit for sure go over to Alvin and you gotta pronounce his name because you know I messed it up. Sushi, sushi. Oh, yeah, because it's like sushi, but sushi. There we go. There you go. So did you understand what was going on right here as far as, like, the baseball machine and, like, it it had been, quote-unquote, broken into? Like, did you understand that?
1: So here's what I kind of picked up from it. Shushi, it seems like he's coming to pick Alvin up from work, though it seems like Shushi works there, too. Right. It feels like he's trying to pick him up and get him out of there so they can go do something else. Mentions they're working for a Mr. Shap, which Shushi mentions that um, at least Alvin got the job from Shushi's uncle. So it seems like he's leaning on his friend now to help him be employed now that he's a marked man in the world. And uh, kind of comes back up that Shushi's is a little bit blackballed in the same way Alvin is. They, they're they a little bit connected now. Maybe the people that know Alvin is trying to find work for some people know that his friend is trying to find work for him. They're both kind of maybe on the fringe of employment ability at this point, but they're working for Mr. Shapp in the shop. But he's got you – now Shushi goes back to playing one of the pinball machines – Call back to episode one. He loves them pinball machines, love beating the shit yeah. out them. <laughs> right. And Alvin starts noticing there's a bunch of key marks or marks around the keyholes on the uh, baseball machine, which I don't know what that machine is. I guess it's like a pinball machine, but it's baseball related, whatever. And uh, goes, grabs a pair of pliers, is able to latch onto the keyhole and pull the box out for the uh, coin box and they're like how the hell did you learn how to do that? I'm wondering if that's just like a callback to the reference of his war training and stuff being I'm able from to Jersey,
0: meet- right? We got a got another I'm from Jersey right here.
1: Well, the from Jersey thing for sure, but I wonder if, you know, he was getting some tactical training while he was in the Canadian army too about, you know, learning about the pulse navigation systems and learning about parts and things. I wonder if some of that kind of you know, he recognizes that they're not key marks that are on the side of the keyholes, and they're pry marks. Could be the street stuff. Could be maybe a little bit of intuition coming back from some military training. But he realizes he's able to pop open the coin box. He's like, "Bro, if these have them on here, I bet all of these have them on there, and people are probably able to pry open these coin boxes."
0: <laughs> okay, I see you with the intel right there. Um, last question before we go back to the uh, you know the house. Uh, you ever played any classic pinball machines?
1: I yeah, you know, I like pinball. I yeah. wouldn't say I'm an aficionado of pinball because yeah. that is a thing. Like there are people that are crazy about pinball and crazy about certain pinball machines. Um, what about the what about the 3D pinball game that was on the classic like Windows ninety eight?
0: Now that I'm well versed in. Now that was, yeah, I'm about to say that's, that's a little bit more R stees. I was going to say, I have played uh, like one of the old pinball machines because I yeah. used to have one at this one, um, this one restaurant cafe, whatever you want to call it back in the borough. Well, Fremont to be like specific. Yeah. And I would love for we would go there like dad like, Oh, okay. We'll let me give him the quarter. She's going to start annoying me about it. He just go ahead and have them ready. <laughs> you know i had to want to play that game like yo, yeah, i've never you know this is like the game i got on a computer <laughs> but it's real
1: have you ever learned a pinball machine and how it actually works in terms of bonuses and how the game progresses any better than 3d pinball because that game actually taught nah, me how pinball only, machines are only, supposed to work
0: because like i never when i was playing it as a kid like in that place i was never really that good
1: that's the thing. I was like, oh, you can level up these bumpers. You can level up these bumpers. You get missions from this. You activate them with this. You Matter of fact, maybe this. Sonic
0: Spinball back in the
1: day? Ooh, that one I Genesis. I did not play that, but... I, I, I was your everything, Sonic, so that was one of them. Yeah, that's fair. I could see how you would learn that, too. I mean, you're obsessed with Sonic. You're just playing another Sonic game. You start catching the rhythm of how the pinball machine works, but like when have you ever had access to a pinball machine long enough to actually learn what the objective of the pinball machine is? Gee, maybe in a past life. Maybe. <laughs> That's there, about there, it. There, there's a couple of barcades out here that have like lots and lots of pinball machines. But like like I think – I know there's some people that go crazy over them that is not worth my time and investment like you can pay a quarter to play what X-Men or Simpsons or whatever arcade game for however long the pinball machines are a dollar every time right not investing in that understandable <sighs> we're back at the house and
0: well you know they're they're talking about it and they're like you know bring the boys down here because they deserve to know because at first Philip kind of comes down and Bess is ready to shoot him back up there, and Herman's like, nah, they need to go ahead and know about it. So they talk about Homestead 42 and how they're getting, it, 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 like, they're not exactly getting sent there, but they are, and his job is sending him to Danville.
1: Is it Danville or Dansville? Which one? Uh, Danville, Kentucky. Danville, Kentucky. So, yeah. Um, initially, when he comes home with the letter, he talks to Bess just by herself, tells her they've been selected for Homestead 42. The company, uh, Metropolitan Life, MetLife as it's known now, signed off on it. Bess immediately suspects that it's revenge from Evelyn for um, how they barged into Rabbi Banglesdore's house and retrieved Sandy. You had no right.
2: (laughs) You had no right.
1: What was that, like six months ago now in showtime? And um, he tells her straight up that. Work approved the request already, and it came directly from the Newark OAA office, the Office of American Absorption that Ev and Banglesdorf work for. So by the time they get everyone down there, Herman's telling the family um, they were selected to move to an area previously unaccessible by city dwellers like them. Interesting verbiage. Right? (laughs) Could mean they can move into a bigger house, they get their own rooms, kinda of the same dream he was having, you know, when he was up for that promotion in the first episode of the season. Right but now but now they'll be more able to do that because they'll be entering into a socioeconomic class that's a little bit lower in terms of the cost of living, so on his current salary or based on the uh stipend they'll get for moving there. They can afford that, but they'll have to change schools and they'll have to live in Kentucky. Is it worth it? Well, guess who's not bummed out about it? Sandy. <laughs> I, know, I know where Danville is. That's near the Mawhinney's. Mall, I'm glad you could say that name because I was like, wait, huh? I, think I, was, I know mall, that was a family, but. I think it's Mawhinney, but yeah, it's, it's nearby them. I know where it is. So you know, the, I've, ate, I've ate swine there before. Current population 6,700. Pretty small. That that's low key insane. What's the population of the borough, do you know? Um, I'm not sure, but I know it's higher than that. Yeah, yeah, that's real small. Uh Bess did Bess ask or did Philip ask? Any Jews? Um, definitely think that was best, I want to say. I would think so, yeah. Uh, big surprise. Probably not.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't think
0: so. And I mean, Kentucky's one of them places where, like, I always knew about, like, the college team. And it wasn't until one of my buddies went there for the Air Force, or just give me the Army, where he was like, hey, bro." Ain't no black people here besides they play for, um, you know, Louisville or Kentucky. He was like, maybe Louisville. He's like, but besides, like, the other parts of Kentucky, all the black people there, they're playing sports.
1: Yeah, for sure. Just letting you know that. <laughs> and I was like, sucker. But then Herman reveals that it wasn't the company that selected the families, but um, it was picked for them, seven Jewish families. And either they can take the job opportunities or they can leave the company, basically. Mm.
0: was it right here where which we we know best was fed up with evelyn but was it was it right here whenever
1: you know i think herman suggested that he would go apologize and Bess was like you you'll do no such thing it was slightly after this because they're talking in the bedroom i think Bess um kind of expresses to him that MetLife is going to do what Lindbergh wants to do. And then she hits him with this quote. That's how this happens. Everyone's afraid. And that's true. You know, people react to these situations where they don't necessarily want to comply, but they're afraid to do anything about it. Right. Which is completely understandable from their point because it's like, yo, we're just supposed to, like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I've been working at this job for who knows how long I have clientele in the area that I've been successful with and they're going to either forcibly move my position to another location. Who knows how successful I'll be there or I can give it all up. It's like kind of, I mean, not kind of, that's a hard choice to make. And uh, it it sucks. Like legit. Yeah. And then I think best, Kind of mulling over what she brought up earlier, says, "How could she? In terms of how could Evelyn do this to us?"
0: We go from there right into. Oh,
1: but real it? quick, that, that that's where that's where Herman says, "I'll go apologize," and she says, "Don't you dare apologize, because he did nothing wrong. He, yeah. he, they they went to his house to go get Sandy back, and man, like." She's right. Like they didn't do anything wrong. He shouldn't have to go apologize, and that's kind of where the season, the season ends. Sorry to peter out. I'm like, oh
0: late. no, no, you're good because we we go right into. I'm assuming this was breakfast the next morning.
1: Yeah, and
0: Philip asks, "Oh, what teams are they cheer for in Kentucky?" And <laughs> Bess is like, "What?" He's like, "Well, you know, uh, Dad and Sandy are Yankees fans. So what what teams are they cheer for in Kentucky?" Yeah, and I
1: think Herman actually comes up with the Cardinals and the Cubs, and he might have said the Orioles. I don't remember what the third one was, but (laughs) – Philip goes, all of them are in Kentucky. He's like, no, none of them are in Kentucky. (laughs) He's like, no, it's the best they can do. Like, oh, they're not privileged like us to have you know multiple teams. Multiple teams. I mean, my God. I wonder if the Dodgers were still in New York
0: or in Brooklyn. I think. So. Didn't he say something? I think he referenced the Giants. Yeah, and they were. I don't know how he referenced the Dodgers. I want to
1: say so. I don't remember when if the Yankees and the Giants co-sided in New York or not. But I'm not well versed in baseball, so I can't speak to that. I've watched all the like old school. You know, like, I watch everything that used to come on ESPN Classic. So. I want to say the
0: Giants hadn't left yet.
1: I don't know. I definitely don't think they predated the Yankees. So yeah, um, they probably coexisted. Which you know, that's where my Giants come from. New York Giants left. The New York Giants started. Oh, huh. interesting. Yeah, we're not even gonna get
0: into that because then that's gonna take us down a whole another rabbit hole. Um. <sighs> <laughs> um he, he then asked about the guy, what did he call them?
1: The Cool Ducks Clan? He straight up goes, What's the clan? <laughs> but then, yeah, he, the Kuducks Clan. The cool. And then San, Sandy's straight up like, Oh, the Ku Klux Klan? Like, yeah. Oh, wait, you've been in Kentucky for a while? Why you know that?
0: Right. So I'm glad okay, I'm glad you mentioned that cuz I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I I'm not, was that a, just a thing that he saw somewhere or is he just know it like, you know, from being a little bit older, which I think he calls him a baby at this at this point.
1: It's probably just him being older and being more aware of the world because he straight up says or uh Philip asks is the clan in Kentucky and Sandy's like they're not there and Bess is like, "Yeah, the fuck they are they're in It's like, Kentucky. "Yeah, they're there." Is Ohio, Ohio,
0: yeah. Indiana? At the birth of them, but, you know.
1: And then, yeah, Herman's like, shut the fuck
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I- I'm going to just say it right here, whatever, from my POV. Um, that was never a question that I asked my parents. That was kind of just like a thing, like, yo, you're not stupid. You're smart. Yeah. You know
1: what I'm saying? Um, did you catch exactly how Herman disca- described the Klan to Philip? Oh, yes. Um, I'm going to be the one to say
0: it. I think he said, you know, <laughs> Thank they you. don't particularly <laughs> like Negroes. They don't like um, Jewish people. I told you I refuse to say that word. And he also said they don't like Catholics.
1: And they're pretty much just certified idiots. God, I mean, come on. I couldn't have said it better myself, but yeah.
0: At this point, this is where I wrote down, literally, yep, saying he's a complete sellout.
1: Yep, i I feel like at this point, still, yeah, he starts to back off a little bit during the episode, but it, he backs off kind of for his own reasons. It seems like yeah. not in terms of not in terms of like his whole like he still comes back at Herman a little bit in this episode. But you can tell well. he's kind of starting to gain a little bit of interest in uh, some other areas of life as uh, teenage boys can do. Oh yeah, facts. But yeah, Philip wants to say Herman's trying to, you know, console him, and tell him everything's going to be right. And then uh, I don't remember the line that exactly led into Sandy's quote. Do you? I have the quote, but I don't have exactly what they were talking about. I don't either. So just go ahead into it. He might it might trick my memory. So Sandy's basically responding to Herman saying, um, yeah, because everything that's right with America is here in Newark. And everything's oh. wrong with America is everywhere else. I'm still just
0: in shock on the way he could talk to his parents. Like, I can't do that now at 28. Well, and I think, fifteen, <laughs> well, no. bruh. I would the way the way best got at his ass last episode or whatever. That would have been that would have been Mom
1: Dukes right then. I wouldn't have spoke back like that when I was 15. I will now for sure. But um, Shit, I still okay do it now. But <laughs> best comes in a joking matter. Best comes back with the best response is like, well, we're going to keep ignoring your brother until he learns how to be polite and converse was, with us.
0: Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I did like that.
1: Yeah, so it's like, yeah, your brother is a radical zealot at this point, so we're going to ignore him until he can talk to us <laughs> like rational person. That was great. How you Which I it? think is kind of like they're freezing him out a little bit, and that I think is starting to lead him to back off a little bit. But he's—you can tell—he's a teenager who has gained his own confidence and his beliefs, and decides when and when he wants to attack. But he's not so adamant as he was um, getting into. <laughs> city dwelling ghetto jews oh my comments God. like that so much at this point
0: that was still disgusting like yeah ugh, I'm, I'm not even gonna say the comparison or whatever like if i was to say it about like a black family that's just too disrespectful and we're not gonna yeah mm-mm. don't need to Jack is so uncomfortable over there, guys. I'm I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. We're gonna go go on to um, (laughs) we're going back to Alvin and Sushi. Uh huh. Talking to what did you call the boss again? Mister Shap. Shap. Okay. You know, and they're like, "Yo, you know, you're getting
1: robbed." Shows him the scratches around the keyholes. He's like, that's just keys, my dude. And he's like, no, they're not, my dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> tells him he's being robbed from, and he doesn't want to believe him. No, not at all. But certain someone comes into frame.
0: This is also, yes, when we get the, um, did, did we did we get a name yet? Minna. Minna. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you got it, because,
1: yeah. So it seems like she's just someone that's working there, but it becomes very evident soon that that's her his daughter, and uh, a certain uh, one-legged man takes a liking.
0: Hey man, the one the one-legged man be going off this whole show. Yeah, I'm we love Alvin.
1: We love Alvin.
0: I mean, he comes with a, he comes with a great line later on that I cannot wait for. Like, cause I know you remember it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um. Next, we're on to oh god, the confrontation, man.
1: Beth and Rabbi Banglesdorf. So turn the tables from what she told Herman before. You don't dare go apologize, but I think she is going to go take the heat for him because she knows it's going to kill, it's going to crush him to go try to apologize. Because he they these two men have such different opinions, which, of course, was revealed during the dinner, the last episode. So Bess is going to go take the bullet and try to resolve this with the rabbi.
0: Which right, which Mangelsdorf even said it too. he was like, you know, me and your husband will speak again. Yeah, we'll speak at a future point. But uh, yeah, you can tell he's not looking forward to it either. I mean, last episode or whatever, he literally called my fiance. a. Gun. <laughs> she slept her way all the way to the top. Mr. Levin. Mr. Le- Mr. Levin. <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta go deep with it for me. <laughs> So, you know, they're, they're, they're talking pretty much about this homestead shit, and, like, I mean, the rabbi is just like, yo, you would have thought he was talking to, like, a child. Even when he's like, sit down here.
1: To an extent, I mean, I think he's trying to get her to understand the situation without telling her everything until he does kind of tell her everything. So he's trying to corral her emotions a little bit. She's insinuating that it was revenge that Evelyn's trying to pull on them, which she says straight up. Uh, he did not re- recommend them for the homestead exchange. No, not exchange uh, the homestead act as revenge. Bess. Um, Comes at him saying Evelyn will regret sending them away when she realizes that we won't be there to support her. Um, he comes back still adamant it's a good opportunity for them, for them to escape their insulated culture and enter into the American experiment. Oh my god, that sounds like lab rats. When that's exactly what she says, Is like, our family is an American experiment to you? Yeah. Kind of? Which, this gets back to the whole conversation about what the Office of American Absorption is trying to accomplish in assimilating Jewish families into American culture. Like, they're assimilated. Like, they're Americans. Herman is very much adamant about the fact that he's an American. He knows his rights. He knows what's... Go, right and wrong in this country. They've been here. They know what they're doing. But this is Banglesdorf's whole thing is getting the Jewish families assimilated with middle America and more so with those that agree with Lindbergh's stance on things. Right.
0: You want to talk about what he tells um, best before she leaves?
1: Yeah, so... Here's where he starts laying down the law on her, and this is where we start getting into – it happens a couple times in this episode, but yeah, this is where Lionel's been trying to get to, where he can start swaying power and influence over people and start telling them how this is going to go. Herman has come to the attention of law enforcement for sheltering his nephew Alvin after he was staying with them. After violating the Neutrality Act by going to Canada and joining the war, which we clearly know has been happening since the FBI has been following Philip, following Herman, following Alvin for the past episode. So by going ahead and moving on with compliance in the Homestead Act, that will act to serve to mollify the FBI's concerns about the Levin family. Quote, it's for your own good
0: the clip we saw from last week's preview where I was like, damn.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So at this point where you like, Hmm, is this kind of, it's not a good thing or whatever. I mean, it's Kentucky, you know, and all that, but like, it's not completely a act
1: of just, you know, he's able to spin it in a way that makes it seem beneficial for them, which is his whole shtick. Right. Yeah. Everything that he's doing within the political offices, he's doing it under his impression that it's the right thing for his people. So you were recommended for the program because I was made aware that you're being assessed by the FBI, which I don't think is something that you want to happen to you and your family. So I'm giving you an out. But – are you really giving us an out or are you sending us away and sending away the rational people in Evan, Evelyn's life that are going to continue to bring these concerns to her while she's assimilating in a different way to what he's trying to do? Right, which I'm going to speak about Evelyn a little bit later
0: as far as just like literally that right there. But that's but, a lot later on. But we hope to see you at the wedding. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. You hit it right on the head because I like I was already thinking that. But we're going to see it later on, because, boy, when I tell you, I was like, wait, does no one else catch this? Um, Philip, then, you know, he just got told last episode, like, you know, this isn't a game. He gets back on the buses and he uses his, you know,
1: Earl lives on through us. So, all right. (laughs) When you saw him get off the bus, where did you think he was? I didn't go
0: front. At first, I, I thought like maybe he's going back to the movies, but I was like, he's not going to pull that one off again. No, he
1: knows they're going to find him. I thought he was going to the city to see Earl. I didn't even think about that. It just seemed like the buildings were kind of big. Like As they panned out, it almost looked like the Flatiron building in New York right. City. But, uh, yeah, obviously – once he's in the offices and he starts talking, he finds Ev. So she, He goes he, and finds Auntie Evelyn, which I'm like, yo, was no one like sitting here like, What is what is the ten year old doing in here? Like I, I, I was a little wondering about that too. Like, no one's gonna stop the obvious child walking around in here. The the Jewish child in the office of American absorption.
0: <laughs> and I'm also like it's I'm like, it's April, like, yo, you ain't got school or nothing. But it could, nah, it it just... could have been after school. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just me overthinking Where right? We're not going to go into that. Um, yeah. So, you know, he asked her if she can keep a secret and she's like, of course, you know. They, She's like, I, you know, he tells, him, tells her I snuck off and I, I went to the theater to see you like at the White House and all this and how was that with meeting the president and the dinner and literally before she even popped up, I saw the picture of her and the Nazi dude.
1: What was I do not remember his name. Wait, there was a picture in her office with Van Rippertroff? Yes,
0: dude. Oh, oh I didn't God. I didn't
1: catch that. She was showing him the picture of her in Lindbergh, right? That was Lindbergh? Mm-hmm. I thought that was him. No, no, no. So she's explaining to him that when you go to a White House dinner, uh, there's a procession line, and you get to shake hands with the president. Okay, that picture. was
0: Lindbergh. I thought that was Van Oppershoff, however you
1: pronounce him. Uh No, no, no. That that was just the dance that was filmed for the newsreel for the propaganda thing. I so, got you. Okay. Everyone Okay, so the
0: picture isn't as disgusting. It's still disgusting, but it's not as disgusting, I guess, now.
1: Right. It was just um the formal process of entering the dinner, everyone gets to shake the hand of the president who's been invited, I guess. Seems fishy, you know, how that whole dinner played out. The fact that when they actually went to converse with him outside of the political niceties of the whole thing, that uh, she was cold shouldered hard. But, uh, right, facts, you know, repress that, repress that. We're moving on to bigger and better things, you know, all the good things from the dinner and all that. And yeah, explaining that whole thing to Philip. Where she she can kind of tell that he was enamored with the whole thing, which is why he snuck off to go see her in the newsreel to begin with, right? Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. he's up front with her about why he came down there. And she doesn't believe it. She's like, who put you up to this? He's Straight like, <laughs> away. Straight away. <laughs> she asked multiple times. Multiple times. Who sent you here, Philip? Was it your dad no, I came here on my own. I told you I got on the bus. Yeah, who I, put you up? Who put you up to this, Philip? I do like how, like, you know, kids lie, right? Like yeah. they lie to get what they want. Philip is so blunt at this point. Yeah, that's that's a good term because I didn't want to say innocent because he's not innocent. He's very aware of what's going on and kind of like being cautious about things, just like we saw with him talking to the FBI agent. He was like. I don't know you. You're asking weird questions. So I'm not going to talk to you. Like he knows what's going on. And he's like, you're my family member. I'm not trying to pull a fast one on you. I just don't want to fucking move to Kentucky. So why yeah, are you he's sending like,
0: Yo, I, like, why are we going to Kentucky? Like I pretty much heard that, like, and you're the reason why it's happening.
1: Yeah. And like, even if that's true or not, it's only getting sketchier the way she's responding to him. So now it's just reinforcing all the shit he's been hearing to begin with
0: and both like, I guess before it did even the same time, whatever, where, you know, he kind of just talks her into like, yo, you know, don't
1: send us like send Selden's family. He's like his dad worked for MetLife just like my dad. So keep us here and send them instead like one for one. Right. Right. So, you know, he's real close with Selden. They're real good friends, best friends. Right. Yeah, best friends, right? <laughs> I'm your best friend, right? <laughs> also, too, I apologize if
0: earlier I was calling him Sheldon. I thought it was Sheldon. It's Selden. I'm sorry. It's
1: Selden. I thought it was Sheldon, too. I might have said it before. Else. Well, no. I thought it was Selden. I'm sure I said Sheldon a couple of times, but we didn't know. He wasn't a, a big character at that point. Actually, funny point to bring that up right now because I didn't catch it until later in the episode. His mom is Selma Wishnow. So that's why his name's Selden. It's after his mom, Selma. Okay, that's dope again. That's the close captioning that's just helping me, brother. I'm telling you. you you know, I actually looked
0: and tried to like pull that up, but then, like <laughs> I literally didn't. I don't know, I'm tripping. Don't worry about it. That's what I'm here for that that's facts that's that's facts um last thing before we get we get off this um I literally wrote down. I was like, "Yo, Evelyn is dead ass hitting him with the same rhetoric that Bengalsdorf was just hitting best with."
1: You know, Philip. I just don't want you to grow up to be scared like your parents. She, yeah, she dead ass said that. Yeah,
0: I mean, what was the what was the line from uh, from um, Sandy last episode?
1: What, like you don't know anything outside of this world? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. that like that's literally their, their rhetoric right now. We'll just go back to what Bengals day saying. Uh, it's a good opportunity for you to get out of your insulated culture. Good opportunity for you to learn from the world. I don't want you to be scared of the world like your parents are, Philip. Mm. Still love Winona though, acting some point.
0: Oh, yeah, she I mean, she she still killed it. Not, was quite, not quite like last episode well, I mean she went for a
1: triple double but <laughs> she didn't tell him the shit in the ocean or anything
0: I hit someone with that <laughs> you imagine how that one went
1: they were like what the fuck you say?" then I had to explain She's like ah, don't go around telling
0: people that which I mean when I use that voice I can already imagine who I said it to but hey
1: wait hold on I need context who'd you tell the shit <laughs> in the ocean
0: I just had to throw it out to you know him
1: and she was like, uh, was like
0: excuse you and I was like it's Yiddish for and she's like don't go around for telling people that <laughs> like, where'd, you, where'd you learn that and I was like the show me and um, Jack are doing it she's like yeah don't do that and I'm like you ain't
1: gonna stop me you know she's not wrong though <laughs> <laughs> who, who gonna stop me who gonna stop me Jack that's all I wanna know you're gonna go start spitting off Yiddish and Eastern N.C. You damn right. <laughs> Life's only gonna get weirder.
2: Oh, um,
0: <laughs> we go to Herman and his coworkers. Where did you catch um, the dude's
1: name? Who's like really on his side? No, because I only called him Montana.
0: Right, same. Jay said his name, and I was about to write it down, but I was like, I don't feel like he's that important of a character. Which he is like, fuck Montana. Um. I pretty much want which the other dude was kind of like I mean who's who else gonna who, like you guys will probably do good down there and you know over there or whatever because you know you guys can sell to anybody he's like you can sell to the blacks and the everyone else and was like yeah that's a lot different than like people who just don't like Jewish people.
1: I thought it was a fair point at the time because just because they're of a different culture probably from the clientele they have in the area. Like, I guess the implication is they have a diverse clientele and they've been successful the whole time. But what that guy is missing from that argument is that they've clearly been targeted for the move. It's not about their sales numbers. It's about their culture.
0: Which, um, you know, that was a little bit, we're going to talk about a little bit later on too, but, um, do we know someone in Montana or is that one of the one of the Dakotas? I always get it wrong. Bro. K-Bay. It is Montana? Montana. Bozeman. I don't know if we've already spoke about that on pod, but I know I've said it to you and I've told her when I asked the question, how many black people have she seen? And when she had to think about it, I said, you've seen none.
1: Yeah, uh, I know for a fact. It's... She's
0: like, she's like, now nah, that you mention that, and I'm like,
1: you ain't seen none. It's a... Uh... Near null
0: number for sure.
1: I've talked to her recently.
0: I, that's when I just assumed I'm like, so you know, you're not at like, I guess a big school like it was like Montana or Montana State. It's the university. It's,
1: like, it's the University of Montana, but it's the University it of Montana, Bozeman. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you know, exactly. I'm talking about like the exact like. Well, I, I don't know. You, like maybe I've heard of the Montana State. I think Grizzlies, right?
1: I think that is the grizz
0: I'm assuming.
1: Oh, really? I think so, yeah. I'm assuming there's some black people on the football team or basketball team if they have one. Darius, I'm sure there are, but they're there for the same reason they're there in Kentucky. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah, Yeah, pretty much.
1: Hey, real quick pitch for the House Party app. Come catch us on there. We're on there a little bit, video chatting. Download the app on your phone, bro. Need to, man. Catch up with KB. I, I need to. I've been. I've been trying to hit her up in a little while.
0: See how things are going up there. I'm, I'm sure they're not struggling with social distancing. Like social distancing, we've
1: been doing that. What you mean? I can tell you straight up that uh, she's not going to know we talked about it because she's never going to listen to this.
0: And you know that's what I always. I can say <laughs> anything about him because as much as she claims the pro, you know support, she's not listening. Hey.
1: I, I I've mentioned step before that's her name but it, it's not the worst thing to uh not mention full names so we're all good we're all good oh, you know that's
0: what you know I told you still you have an incredible lovely fiance and everything but I understand now where it's like they're not gonna listen the same way Where like whenever I send like random videos and songs it's like and then I'll play it and
1: she'll be like oh this is cool and I'm like I've sent you this months ago Straight up. Also, by <laughs> the way, I t- I heard you talk shit about high school sweethearts with Austin. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: hey man, I mean, am I lying?
1: Oh, she's the worst. No, I'm just
0: <laughs> that that joint has not been. Nothing. I'm telling y'all, we ask all the time, whatever, but like, t- give us feedback, or whatever. Who is still with that high school sweetheart at our age?
1: Hey, you you got one. You got one. I love y'all,
0: though. That's different. Fair. Yeah.
1: That is different. Um, I Can can I take the next scene real quick? Oh, please. So we find Alvin. Yes, sir. He's showering, and he's sheltering somewhere with Shishi, right? Mm-hmm. So I wrote down in my notes, uh, Alvin does the Lindy hop back from the shower to his room.
2: <laughs> I'm done.
1: I knew you'd like that.
0: The only thing I wrote about that was just, you know, Alvin and uh, Sushi and they're talking, and Alvin brings up Philip. You want to say why he brought up Philip?
1: Well, so, um, He's saying all that walking that he's been doing at work has broken down on his stump. And uh the only person that was the best at wrapping it up was Philip. Um did better than all those Canadian nurses ever could. <laughs> Which props to Philip, yo. He he's got his Jewish doctorhood in his future. Hey man, that kid's got a career. Yeah. We love we ship Philip here. We love Philip. Yeah, good on him taking care of his uh, cousin.
0: Um, anything anything else on that before we go to the next part? Because we got no, a return of a we got the return of a bastard. the
1: The only the only note there is just sharing the bottle and uh, just sleeping oh, yeah, on he, twin beds. Like,
0: you sure you ain't got um? What did What did Susie tell him? You sure you ain't got a? Uh,
1: God, what did he say? I know he said something, and I didn't write it down. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something about drinking. Was it shell shock? Oh, yeah. He was like, bro, it's my leg. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I want you to lead off on this scene. Okay. So we were having a
0: meeting, Homestead 42, A couple of higher-ups where...
1: Well, it's a council meeting. Uh, uh, Lionel shows up late to it, but clearly the the agendas that he is responsible for are a part of the agenda. So he shows up late, and the guy's like, oh, we were waiting for you to cover all this, so here you are. Go ahead. And we get
0: my least favorite person, like, probably on... uh, There's a list. I don't know if he's above Sandy, but... Uh, the return of Henry Ford.
1: You don't know if he's above Sandy? Sandy's pretty bad, man. Henry uh, Ford Sandy. is <laughs> see yeah, Sandy's never
0: Sandy's never said nigger. <laughs> nigger, excuse me. Good lord. Yeah, he he used the hard R. Yeah, I forgot he yeah he, he dropped the hard ER on us, or whatever. Good lord. Riling them up. Rattling them up, having you, you be out there, you Jewish people be out there rolling up the niggers. Good Lord, watch. I, All I, right. I did tell Emma
1: about that. She was like, oh, my God. I was like, yep. All right. So if you're going to skip to the Henry Ford, let me just lead up um, what Lionel talks about while he's talking to the committee. Is that fair? Yes. Yes, go ahead. So they mentioned specifically, we're not going to talk about just folks in Humpson 42 until you were here. So he's like, well— Just folks, you know, is doing really well. I think we're up to 8,000 boys ready to sign up for this summer program this year. So, you know, numbers are booming for the Just folks. But it would definitely be hard to say that Homestead 42's attempt to absorb American jewelry is not finding the same success. I've never heard the term jewelry before. Like, it's almost like jewelry, but it's jewelry. That's what he said.
0: Okay, I did. I, I caught that, but I was kind of just a little confused as
1: well. Yeah, I I was like, I've never heard that term before. I don't know if that's just an old school term, and weirdly coming from the rabbi, like a weird way to represent your people, the jury. All right. Anyway, goes on. Um, he's been led to believe that there's been some dissent to the program because it's not truly voluntary. And he's thinking that there needs to be more financial support, not only the government stipend given to the Jewish families that are being relocated to their new jobs, but potentially more monetary incentives to um, involve themselves in the program, to which Henry Ford, uh, Secretary Ford, disagrees.
0: Where pretty much he's kind of just like, I mean, at least the just I got from it was, oh, I mean, you know, they're going to move there and they're going to make more money because they're in locations where, you know, the cost of living isn't that isn't as high. So isn't that good enough?
1: And I think Bengalsdorf pushes back to an extent to that. And I don't think that was Ford that exactly made that statement, but Bengalsdorf pushes back on that saying, you know, we still need to incentivize them to voluntarily prescribe to the program as it's been um, given to them. And then I think Henry board starts uh, hitting some bars right after that to bangles directly.
0: When I want to start up, um, you know, an automotive joint, I do wherever the hell I wanted it. At. Go maybe on. Maybe not that, maybe not that much, but that's, you know, pretty much what he was saying.
1: Yeah. When I, I put my factories where I want to put my factories, and if my employees want to live there, they can choose to or not. So when companies relocate these families to their new locations, they can choose to or not. That seems voluntary to me.
0: That, that was wild. I overrun that was why I was like, oh my god.
1: And you can see it on Bengalsdorf's face and Ev is in the meeting too. So it's kind of like is it voluntary Banglesdorf cuz you kind of promised it would be one episode ago.
0: Also, too, Ev being there and we didn't get her um position.
1: Well, I don't think we're supposed to at this point. yet. I think gonna, <laughs> I think it's going to come. One way or another, I think we'll get an view. Um, we go into the goat Alvin, and
0: I think they're just kind of all at work, you know, doing whatever. And he sees you
1: didn't call her Mina. Minna. Mina. Mina. <laughs> that was close. That was close. It could. It could be Mina. I actually don't know, but it's M I N N A.
0: We're gonna go for Mina at this point. Fair. And. You know, he sees her, when it you know, and he helps her out. And the first reference here of Epsom Salt.
1: I actually want to talk on that later, but I think it's a strong point. So, OK, yeah, let's talk about that later, because I was like, hmm, Epsom Salt being mentioned twice. Interesting. So mentioned- it's while Alvin's help- helping up the stairs with her giant contraption, whatever the hell that is. And he's carrying <laughs> right? up the stairs for her, and he's explaining to her that his stump gets weak from time to time, and uh, he has to... You know, rebuild it back up, and she's like, "Well, you should." And this is where I'm not so sure what exactly they said, and this is where the Epsom salt thing gets kind of weird, because you know, in today's society, you take baths in Epsom salt to like relax your muscles, right? Is that how? Yeah, you... I, I, I've done that before back when I was running track. Right. So she's, I think she says, "Rub Epsom salt on it because that'll harden it up." And he's right. like, "Oh, oh, goddamn! All right, cool."
0: I think she, I think um, he, he mentioned something about like you know being a cripple, and she was like you know I don't I don't think if you
1: was a cripple, and he's like fuck yeah you don't, <laughs>
0: <laughs> which I'm I'm glad he's not like like the doubt that we saw in the last episode is like not as there anymore.
1: Well, I'd say two episodes ago, even last episode too. Well, no no no, you're right. Last episode he came back from the war and he was mm-hmm. still his depressed ass self. Yeah, he's definitely feeling himself again. I think he's got his friends around. They're you know he's gaining his confidence back is what's clearly happening and he's trying to check out this girl she doesn't see him as being lesser than he's like yeah that's that's helping build that back up in him which
0: love to see this i'm like you know we're getting we getting the album we love back we love alvin you know the goat <laughs> this actor too i told you i keep i keep forgetting his name or whatever but this kid definitely got a future
1: uh, one second. I will find it in a second. You can move on if you want.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Anthony Boyle. There we go. Sorry, we can go from there right into Selden's mom, like telling Bess about they're being sent to Danville as well. Yeah, so Miss Bess's Ms- face is just like, What the
1: fuck? Well, I don't think it's quite that. So Miss Wish now catches best as she's – I guess she's coming home. But she's like, where, where were you going to be moved to in Kentucky again? And she's like, uh, Danville. She's like, that is crazy because we just got this letter saying we're being moved to Danville too. Which I think we skipped over that part where uh, Ev walks Philip back to the bus.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. I did. We did forget about that because um, she she did walk back to the bus and um, she asked, you know, that that's Seldon Is this family's last name Wish now?
1: Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And he doesn't think anything of it. But I think the the look on Bess's face as this is being revealed to her means that she's starting to put some pieces together here. Right. Maybe like maybe not like what the fuck, but kind of like, really, really, ev. And that's what you think too. Like you think she's thinking Ev's behind this. But uh we might catch a little bit of her real feelings in a little bit. True that, true that.
0: Um next thing we got is back to the co workers at Met you know, MetLife or whatever, Herman and his homies.
1: So I thought they were at MetLife but they're clearly at a lawyer's office,
0: and they're looking to
1: actually—is
0: it sue MetLife or sue?
1: Seems like they want to. Uh, I have the verbiage written down, so I'm not exactly sure who they're filing an injunction guess, against. But they're filing; they want to file an injunction in the U.S. District Court to see if the transfers can be stopped. Um, in order, like, in order to stop their moves being. Put forward to them. It doesn't seem like exactly they're talking about suing MetLife specifically because they talk about they may be more successful in their lawsuit if they can get employees from other similar companies that are complying with the Homestead Act to join the lawsuit. And um, if they will comply, it would probably give them a stronger case. So it sounds like they're trying to filed an injunction against the Homestead Act in the United States court system to prevent them from being relocated per the Homestead Act that they've been issued. Right. Okay. Because I was like, okay, I see them trying
0: to you
1: know, get some stuff situated right here. Oh, I literally had like when I had my notes down, I had MetLife and I crossed it off. And I was, they're just talking to a lawyer that they the three of them from the MetLife office decided to contact because they were talking about it earlier in order to see what their rights are and how they can prevent this from happening to them and their families. So after hearing all that, the one dude is like, no, fuck that. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. And the other dude's like, I am in. fuck Montana. <laughs> and that's what i had it was just like uh one guy's out herman and montana are in <laughs> I
0: <was> just like, <laughs> you know maybe i should take you know renounce the, the what he just said because you know i don't want that montana beef
1: but uh herman straight up is like i'm still in america i'm still an american this is still america and i want my day in court right still believing that you know this is his country as he should Yeah, as
0: he should. We get to Herman outside and like most of the time when like the agent comes up, I just call him the feds. Uh,
1: I wrote it down this time because I think this is the only time him specifically shows up in this episode. But uh, McCorkle. Okay. FBI agent McCorkle. I still think I'm saying that
0: wrong. Hey, bro, if you are, I ain't gonna be the one over here on, (laughs) on the head top. I'm gonna
1: tell you that at least. True. You know. It's not a name I'm used to saying. So, so the agent's like standing on the opposite side of his car, just waiting for him to come out from the lawyer's office. He's like, "Damn it, Jew again!" And he's pretty much
0: telling them whatever, like, you know, it's not worth, your, it's not worth, it's not worth your time. It's not going to work.
1: By the way, your application to the OOA is due in a week. What are you waiting for?
0: How's your, how, you know how's Alvin?
1: He asked that question again. Oh, yeah, he's still barring him about, you know, do you know why we're following you? Kind of, but not really telling him. Which I, I don't know if Herman catches on to all that, honestly. I didn't think about that, honestly. I think Herman's just like this fucking guy following me around. He bothered my my son. You're asking about my nephew. I don't know a thing about what you want. So what's your whole deal? And he straight up tells him, "You might not want to wait till the deadline to, you know, commit." And Herman drives off.
0: Which I would too. I'd be like, "Yo, okay, I'm out." Go like,
1: Yo, fuck yourself,
0: guy. I don't know you. <laughs> like, who is you? Whose man's? Literally, um, um I'm Agent McCorkle. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> whose man's is this? I just told you, A.J. McCorkle. <laughs> See, it's hard to say. <laughs> I just think Snorkel, but McCorkle.
1: Hey, you might be right. We might both be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: um, Best confronts uh, Sandy about, you know, knowing about Kentucky. Yep. And he's like, I mean, I knew we were probably going to get sent, but, you know.
1: <sighs> he... Led on to more than I thought he would actually know about it, which I guess might have been ignorant on my part to think that Evelyn wouldn't have shared anything with him. But she brings up the fact that the Wish Nows have been re- relocated as well. And he's like, Mom, I didn't have anything to do with that. I didn't think Philip was even friends with Sheldon. Right. He's of- I said again. Sheldon again. Yeah. It's too hard to not because it's like
0: you're used to, I mean, at least with pop culture now, saying Yeah, I know.
1: Never watched it. It used to be good.
0: I've heard that from people too. Shout out to homies and everything. Like some of my good friends who were like literally have all the, you know, like the whole box set. And they're like, oh, it was good and everything. And then it just kind of turned into this show of, oh, you know, nerds. And it's like, you could just tell it's like people who aren't nerds writing this. And I'm like, yeah. I can see that.
1: That's definitely the gist of where it went. But shout out season one where Sheldon was actually a character. That was a good season. Worth watching. Not part of this. Um, but yeah, he he just straight. up was like, why would I suggest they move the wish now? I don't think Phil likes Sheldon at all. And she starts grilling him more. He's like, mom, I had nothing to do with this. And just walks his ass upstairs, which I think is getting more into where his headspace is at. He's like, my family has been freezing me out because I had these radical opinions. According to them, <laughs> right? They, they are accusing me of anything they can possibly come up with. If anything that comes with between me and aunt Evelyn, even though we're still tight, I guess. And, uh, you know what? I'm fucking out on these arguments. Like, I'm a teenager, I have my own confidence, I'm angsty still, I'll fire my shots off when I want to, but you want to come at me, I'm going to tell you what I think, and then I'm fucking out of here. Which, I totally identify with that, myself. Oh god. <laughs> it's like, per- like, I told you what I know and what I think.
0: But we're not going to compare young Sandy to possibly young Jack,
1: or Jack now, so. No, that, that was young Jack. Oh, man. Like, you want to come at me about what you think I know? Here's what I know. You want to imply more? I had nothing to do with you. This is all in your head. Bye.
0: This is just even more like feeding into the conversations I plan on having with Mama Tanjays one
1: day. (laughs) You're not going to get there. (laughs) The past is the past, my dude. Hey.
0: I'm just letting you know whatever. You ever met my mom Dukes, or whatever, like that's gonna be an experience.
1: Darius, do you think I don't wanna talk about it? She don't want to talk about it. Oh, oh <laughs> yikes. Okay. Um Yeah, um,
0: on to the next. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alvin and um Mr. Shap. Shap, okay. I keep want Shap. Shap. Okay. I, I got you, I got you.
0: Yeah, they're they're talking, um, just kind of, uh, in general? Remember what they were talking about?
1: I, I, I mean, I got I to gotta wrote down what they said at the end. All right, so uh, I'll fill in the context there. He meets yeah. with them, and um, Mr. Shapp tells him, so we replaced the coin boxes, like you suggested, and uh, we'll see what happens, basically. And he's like, well, I think you're going to get some silver out of it, you know, since it's been getting stolen from me. He's like, well... I still got to answer to this guy and that guy. So even if I do, I still got to pay my dues. So just for context, I I, I don't know the context. I'm um, This is me kind of conjecturing. Okay, Sh- Shushi was implying in the last episode that he's in with some numbers guy, and they're working for some guy that was recommended to them by his uncle at this point. So, seems like maybe this business that they're working for is involved in some sort of racketeering with some mob potentially. So, you know, if I've been stolen from, the guy above me is going to want to ask me about where that money was. Now that I'm giving it to him, and that's going to cause more problems for me in this whole thing. So, you know, maybe I didn't want to believe I was being robbed from to begin with because I don't want to deal with the repercussions potentially coming from the higher-ups in this whole trajectory of things. Right. So Alvin is straight up like, you point me to the loudest mouth talking out about you, and you send me in Shush, and we'll take care of it. And we got it. And this is where I'm, like, noticed and everything.
0: People kind of have the same thoughts about Alvin. Like, yo, you know – I get it, kid. Yeah, you're real tough, right? Like he's, he's he's a man of it. But do you do you want to say what he said at the end, or do you do you have something before that?
1: Um, I don't really have anything before that, but I just, I guess the only thing I would say is I respect the fuck out of Alvin. Like, you're a cripple, and you're still like, we can still point- get it popping. Yeah, you point out the guy we'll take care of it like he's offering up a hit to this guy before <laughs> uh, right like his confidence he's regained it fully at this point like you every e- every 2 or 3 days i got to take a break uh, on my you know missing ass leg but uh i'll i'm working for you i'll work for you full time you you just give me the name
0: After you literally like had like just just like after you literally been covered in shit, I mean you can only go up from there.
1: It's respectable. Boom. He's uh he's made real strides in uh what six months since he's been back, whatever show timeline. Somebody don't. So yeah, um, Mister Shap says, "I know you've been looking at my daughter." Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I guess. Do you have intentions? Too soon- I don't know
0: yet. It's too, too soon, soon to tell." Which we're we're gonna speak on that one a little bit later because I peeped some shit.
1: Oh, I'm intrigued. Okay, yeah. See, this is why we gotta
0: go in here and just go uh, straight because you know I can't be revealing everything. No, yeah. I peeped a little something, something. All right. Um, Bess is okay. So I can't remember what happened prior. I cannot remember or what happened prior, but it was at this point where oh, god, please, him. I did not miss it and write it. Okay, now right. I didn't. Okay, go
1: ahead.
0: Bess is, she, I can't remember what happened prior, but she pretty much is just telling Herman, like,
1: yo, like, All Canada. Right. No, no, no. I got I got you. I got you. Yeah, So sure. we're we're back in the 11 home and uh, Herman's listening to the radio and he listens to the whole Windshell broadcast. And there's no mention of the Homestead Act on the radio broadcast. And he's pissed. He's like, it's been a month. Which I don't know what a month means in terms of the show timeline or just the timeline to that point. But there's been no mention of the program. He hasn't said anything about it fuck this. I'm going to write to Walter Winchell myself so I can okay. get speak out about this specifically. Because even was wondering, he was like, y'all hope they haven't bought him off yet. Right. I do. It's all coming back now. So, Bess is like, um, know the fuck you're not going to go write to Walter Winchell. Don't you understand what is happening? Which is, I think, an interesting point to be at in terms of Where Herman's head is at and what he thinks is going on and where Bess's head is at and where she knows what the fuck is going on at this point. She literally tells him, I mean, yo, you've been saying they control everything and they
0: can do whatever they want. Who the hell is to say they can't get in the mail?
1: Here's the quote. How can you see them for what they are but have so little idea of what they're capable of. Like, yeah, if you send that message out. They'll read it. They're in control of all of this. And how can you think that you, you've you been speaking out your mind this whole time to everyone that you want to hear about it and not think that they can track the mail message you're going to send bringing up this um act of defiance right. against them. And like ne- this also comes with the tidbit that Beth also knows now that they've been being followed by the FBI. Like we're already in the hole. You know that. You should know that, even though you might be cognitively dissonanced from the fact that you've been followed by the FBI. They're watching us, and they're going to be aware of the communications we're sending out from our household. So don't fucking do that. And how can you be so stupid not to realize – like <laughs> you, you you, predicted all of these things, yet you're not aware of how they're going to use that to manipulate anything that's said from us. It's only going to come back on our family and make it worse for us. mm Mm-mm-mm. So, take it
0: from there. Yeah, she, at this point, she's pretty much like, yo, like, Canada. Like, c- c- come on. And Herman just refuses.
1: This is still my country. He still kind of owns it, and it's like, yo. Oh. Uh, what Bess says back to that? Are you ready for this? Hate me or hit us. She wants to go to Canada. She expresses that. He says, this is still my country. She says, it's not our country. It's Lindbergh's country now. Oh, yes. The Jew haters, the America firsters. I don't have the rest of it written down. You you good. You good. You hit it. The the oh no I still have it, the people that will follow children in the street asking them questions, those are the people that are controlling America now. It's rough. It's it's, it, 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 it's rough man. It's rough and it's poignant and it's right. She's very tapped into everything. This is the thing we were talking about last episode. Oh like, I, mean, I mean I mean fuck it let's Best 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 came with her triple double this episode. For real? Well, I mean, like, b- besides the slap, but yeah. Oh yeah, she 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 went in on that, of course. She's on a hot streak. Dion De- Waiters. <laughs> I was gonna say um, some, <laughs> some some like MJ finals nonsense. She had she had she had her sick game. She had her triple nickel, and now she's continuing into the playoff into the finals. I guess I would say.
0: Yeah, which you know, God forbid or whatever. I, like, Jazz gonna have to stop me, guys, because I don't want to turn this into basketball right now. But <laughs> I was literally no, I, I've been like, because I've been, you know, for some sports pods I listen to. They've literally been going back watching old like basketball stuff because there's nothing new on right now. Well,
1: I'm literally,
0: to literally they they talked about like a, I've listened to, like two so far. One was like Jordan in '93 against the Suns in that finals, and the other one was um the second championship the shrug game where he was he, he literally hit seven threes or six six or seven one of them in the first half after he was told oh you don't really shoot you don't shoot good threes like that and they're like oh what? i bet and on the trip the, the book the the sun series i'm gonna just say this we're gonna get right off it like how jack just say like some crazy numbers Best was putting up the numbers like Mike in the 93 finals. Well, I think I went and looked up the numbers, and I can't remember because I haven't pulled up right now. But I'm pretty sure at the end of six games, six games, this man's was averaging 41, 8, and 8. <laughs>
1: like, what the fuck? Obviously <laughs> impressive as fuck. Let me cover my own ass. I think I just said triple nickel. It was a double nickel. It was 55 points. Cover my own ass.
0: You're good. You're good. And, I, I, I actually watched a little bit of it um, about a week
1: ago. Yeah. And uh, I think I forgot what else I was going to say. I just wanted to cover myself. You know, I, I know the Jordan history. Oh, no, that's what I want to say. We're five days out. Five days out from the ESPN Jordan documentary. Oh, Saturday my Air. God. I cannot fucking wait. Friday, baby. Who is it? Friday or Saturday? The 19th. I think, so. I think it's a Tuesday. Oh, no. That's a Sunday. Ooh, damn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday.
0: Sunday, 19. Yeah, you're right. Hell yeah.
1: Two episodes a week. Fucking. I'm 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 here for it. A new review series? Maybe you don't want to do it with me. I Is said, it- tri- I said it- triple nickel, so I don't think you want it from me. <laughs> I, 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 I said, that, that, that one might be, have to be a little bit more cultured. He like, scored just- 555 points. Triple nickel. No, just, it's, like, look, it's all good because me and my homie
0: are ready because we're like, yo, we're ready for somebody to flat out say, yo, man, the flu game was a hangover. Because my homie has been telling us for years, Jordan had a hangover. Don't believe that
1: bullshit. You don't believe that conspiracy that he was forced out of the league for his gambling? Hey, bro. This is a different podcast. We're coming back.
0: I'm just say. Yeah, but I heard on the last episode, and we're getting right back in the plot against America. Yep. In the ninety-two finals so that game one, that same one we hit all them threes in the first half against the Blazers and then they blew him out. Yeah. They had an interview with James Jordan, you know, his dad, which also, um, little little take right here, a lot of people don't know about. Shout out to my grandmother. I'm not gonna you know, at, at a May you know. Still kicking it to this day, I went to school with um James Jordan.
2: Where? I Wilmington? didn't
0: really. I didn't ask grandma where she was at that point in North Carolina, but they went to school together. She told me she knew him. I know Jordan went to Laney High School in Wilmington. Laney, but I don't know where his daddy was at. It
1: sounds my, like it sounds like grandma wasn't in the story. We need a follow up story. A story on that.
0: I'll talk to I'll talk to I'll talk to grandma about it.
1: Did anyone see these Jordan facts coming strong in the middle of this Jewish oppression? No, they did not. <laughs> oh, oh! Uh,
0: last thing, James Jordan literally said. They they asked him how Jordan, you know, how Jordan's doing in this game. He said, "Well, you know, he looked like he woke up and he ate his um, he ate his Wheaties, he uh, drank some Gatorade, and he's wearing his Hanes underwear." A little
1: barball, eat your heart out. That product. <laughs> that product placement. So, <laughs> dude hey, dude you wait, knew
0: what he was doing. You wait till we get some ads, boy. Woo. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: Um These Yundies are scratching my balls. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> uh let's get into the first lady and Evelyn, man. I'm gonna let you go off here because I was confused on a lot of what was happening right here.
1: All right, fair enough. Um so is waiting outside the office. Um she gets called in, kinda confusing where she's going into, but it turns out Bengel's is in there with the first lady, miss Anne Lindberg. And, uh, she's straight up like, look, we can't come to the wedding. We have commitments in another part of the world. Don't remember all the details, but, uh, we were blessed to have been invited to your wedding. So her and Lionel start descending down the stairs of, I assume the white house, Long ass stairway. Hey man, it's the White House, potentially. Who knows where it is? I don't know. And uh Lino is kinda getting his rhetoric off a little bit. So you can kinda get where his headspace is at politically. So Lino says he was trying to get more funds to be given to the relocated Jewish families, but unfortunately is gonna have to wait until after The midterm elections, which is actually an interesting point to be made because that would make sense politically, not only in American history, but especially now. Like you think you're going to get anything done through Congress before the midterm elections, you need to get all those seats in Congress, whether it's the House of Representatives or the Senate, everything settled before you can start passing more bills. So he's – Basically expressing his point, I think we're going to get there based on the policies that I want to pass to protect my people. But unfortunately, we'll have to wait until all the seats that are up for election will be reelected. We can reassess those after the fact. And he seems really confident about it, which kind of, again, speaks to how confident he is about how he sees his position – Not just in the White House, but in politics in general. Right.
0: I'm going to go right on to the next thing because I'm going to need you to also take the ball along, at least the first part, because I was also kind of like, I don't get all of this. And this is why I bring him on this. This is why I brought him on this series, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Do you want me to just take it?
0: Yeah. Herman and his co-workers, man.
1: Yeah. They're back in the lawyer's office. So. The lawyers informing them that they've been denied their injunction that they wanted to put into the U.S. Um, courts. They ended up drawing a conservative judge, and he denied them the injunction they were trying to file. So they're going to go ahead and appeal to the Third Circuit Court, which is typical for appeals courts in the United States government. But unfortunately, for their appeal to get passed through is going to take about a year. So – Guess who doesn't have a year to wait for appeals to figure out if he's going to go ahead with waiting on this lawsuit before he moves his family? Herman.
0: Facts. And this is why I brought you on, because I was like, "Mm, yep, Jack knows what this is, (laughs) not me. I cut the lingo. You want to get into um, God? Please, please get his name right. Please get his name right. Shetsy.
1: Oh no, we're not there. We're not there yet. yet. Um, we're in the basement of the house because Bess is helping Miss Selma. Oh, I
0: didn't write this down, but I do recall this.
1: No, you're fine, Miss Selma. Wish now. This is where I called her name, Selma. Um, uh-huh. There, she's helping her pack all her things up. And she's telling her, you know, anything that you're not able to fit in your car, we'll be able to bring down ourselves when we come down. I think Herman's going to end up getting a moving truck to help us move down because Bess is convinced at this point that Herman is going to go ahead with the move. And you can tell how dejected Bess is at this whole thing.
0: Do you remember what she said about after Selma, like, you know, tell her you think he's going to do it?
1: Not exactly.
0: I think it was something to the degree of, you know, whenever he fights, he fights. And when he's done and he quits, he quits.
1: That's exactly right. Okay. Which, do you think is a fair assessment of Herman? Yeah.
0: From what, everything we've seen so far.
1: I have some words to speak on him a little bit later, but... Uh-huh. um. Yeah, we'll save it. So go ahead. Herman is visiting Shepsy at the newsreel. Well, it's
0: Shepsi's last day. He's literally leaving for Winnipeg. Um, he introduces Herman to the dude that's going to be taking his spot. I don't remember what his name was, or so I didn't care to write it because, no offense, I don't think we're going to be, be back at the theater.
1: We might be. So, can I just give a little of the historical context that's going on during the newsreel? Yes, please do. So, the newsreel is talking about um, the Russians are holding off the Germans, uh, the German army at Crimea, which is in the Soviet Union. And Herman's commenting that the Russians are finally, you know, fighting against the Germans, holding them off. Shepsy reminds him that he helped; they held them off at Moscow earlier, but. Herman puts it off as saying it was winter when they held him off, so it's easier for the Russian army to fart, fight in winter because I think we precluded this earlier. But <laughs> yeah. no one invades Russia in the winter. Period. It's a historical fact. It's That's impossible. I'm about that actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible to invade Russia in the winter. Um, no one has been successful in that in history, except the Mongols, but they're an exception. Shout out Crash Course, that's its own thing. So um, they're impressed that the Russians are actually pushing against Hitler, and Herman mentions that the Brits are doing the same thing in Egypt. And Shepsy says they're running a sideshow in the desert. Those Brits, and uh, then Shepsy straight up tells Herman, "We have to leave. Like straight up, I'm tired of you know bullshitting with you." I've told you multiple times we have to leave, and I'm basically leaving now. Young dude walks in, and Shepsy says to, to uh, Herman, "This is Benjamin. He's taking over the cinema." And uh, Benjamin is like, "Do you want me to like help you move that stuff out?" And he's like, "You stay here. You take care of the thing." Because Shepsy knows he's not fucking coming back. Yeah. So they go down to the car there, Shepsi says he's going to Winnipeg, and he's like, look, either you comply with them, you go to Kentucky, and you're going to be part of the system, or you don't go with them, and the people that are against you are going to come for you. Or, sorry, I, sh- I guess I should say... As Shepsey was saying that, Herman interrupted and said, the people that are going to come for us are going to come for us. And Shepsi looks him straight in the eye and says, they came. Don't you remember? Yeah. Oh, yes. FBI agents have come to your son, to your nephew, to you. The government has been coming for you. Do you not realize what's been happening? And basically is like look if you don't recognize what's been happening to you so far either come to Canada to be lost I mean like it's not said in so many words but that's what's implied the gist of it like I mean I we totally got it and then Shepsy leaves I mean Carl was packed too boy I think he mentioned something about keeping his son in PJ so they could cross the border before he has to wake up and go to the bathroom. So they're they're planning on getting over the border tonight. Don't blame him at all. Why would you? Right. If anyone has been pretty clear about what's going on, Shepsey has been well informed. And why wouldn't he be? He's watching the news reels. He's... Keeping up with everything. See, so you want to take over the next scene for me?
0: Yes, sir. I got you. So, on this one, let me see. The next thing I have. <laughs> so we're at um, Philip walking in the dark. Mm-hmm. Looks up and sees his brother Sandy with a lady friend. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it right here and I'm gonna ask you a quick question. What's up? When you first saw this, when you saw like just the like, okay, we now know it's a notepad, but originally, were you like me and you think, oh my god, is he really out here signing up this chick for just folks? No, no, no. dude, that was the first thing in my head. Okay, maybe I'm just thinking, saying he's just just like pure sellout mode. That's what was popping in my head, man. That's
1: actually a very interesting point I'm I guess maybe I'm not surprised that you thought that but I'm impressed that you thought that I think that's an interesting point that, that's what came to my head first at least no I saw him with that girl standing against the brick wall this is what I want to call back to real quick on this the first episode the first scene of the first episode he's drawing Alvin leaning against the car right Yes. There were like two, three girls there, being like, "Oh, could you draw me?" Okay. Do you remember that? Now that you mention it, it's coming back in my head. Yes, a little bit. Yeah, I yeah, you know, <coughs> I didn't go and rewatch or anything, but I remember right. that. And Sandy had no interest in it at all. But uh, this is what I was saying. It's been two almost years. two years. Right. Maybe uh, our boys realizing. His extreme talent might get him something else in life. Maybe he's uh, chasing a little tail,
0: which Philip sees them making out after he drew a great picture of her. Actually, impressive. I mean, sure. it, the kid's talented as hell. Like we've been seeing this all season, for sure. Rather this is him drawing or just some like a like just some artist they got, this is all just dope.
1: I mean, it's obviously not this kid. It's for sure an artist. But yeah, Sandy can fucking draw for sure. And uh, he's realizing, man, these chicks be out here.
0: (laughs) Right, and you know, which way better than me because when I was trying to draw, they're just like, oh, you can't draw us or whatever. You can only draw like Yu-Gi-Oh monsters and fucking (laughs) Pokemon, you know? (laughs) That was my um, childhood, ladies and gentlemen. Learn a little bit more about Mookie every day. Don't make me have to drop it on the IG about where I made the Wayne Collection. And not only elementary school for a poem, made it in middle school for a drawing. I was trying to go for the trifecta and go high school, but just didn't exactly happen like that. It was my fault. A little bit too much of a perfectionist, but, you know, little, little secret gems, you know?
1: And guess who was not impressed by those drawings? Dumb young Jewish girls. They did not give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily for Sandy, he's he's catching the wave.
0: Yeah, he he was on it, man.
1: A new man reborn.
0: So as Philip is running into the house, because yeah. you know he, he just, I mean, master, he just, just master of disguise, little spy right here. He's running in, and the house right beside them, or the place right beside him, you hear Young Selden say, which, God, I'm not, CBS, do not come at my head top. I said Young Selden <laughs> simply says, I don't want to go to
1: Kentucky. And what does Philip do? I think he just ran off. I can't even remember. Yeah, he was just like, uh, I'm not talking to you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you, you gone, bro. As bad as it sounds. I think he's just ignoring him at this point.
0: We go from there into, like we talked about, young Sandy out here or whatever, just freshly making out with a chick. Goes in the house. What's the first thing he does, Jack?
1: So, Herman's sitting in the house listening to the windchill broadcast as he normally does. Right. We assume that Herman did not write to Winchell about Homestead Act, and the first thing it brings up is how the Homestead Act is affecting not only the Jewish community, but who are they going to come for next? My people, the, your people, the uh, Italian Americans, mm-hmm. the Irish Americans. All the people that have been contributing to our society in beneficial ways, who are they coming for after they come for us?
0: Which, how do you for even mentioning that because, um, yeah, he, he we, I brought that up in a note for later on, so hell yeah, appreciate that one, bro.
1: No, yeah, uh, he's straight up, you know, someone talked to him. We assume it's not Herman because we think he would comply with Bess's wishes, but. You know, windshield can see the future in this sense where it's not going to be one minority they try to um, oppress. It's going to be all minorities within this country. And at that point in time, any immigrant culture is going to be oppressed within um, the – how the um, executive office – executive office is carrying themselves out to be. So he's trying to warn other Americans at the same time over his radio broadcast that they should be worried too. Sandy right. walking in, fucking new man. <laughs> <laughs> Got that fresh, fresh outlook on life as any 15-year-old would after, uh, you know, catching a little fling. For the first time, uh-huh. How can you listen to this bullshit, this piece of shit liar on the radio that you love so much?
0: I think Not, the exact word was this lying prick.
1: Yeah, you caught it. I, I didn't I didn't write down the quote, but to, the, to that extent, Herman stands up, aggressively approaches him, but holds back as Herman does. Not in this house. But this is the change in Sandy that we've seen. He doesn't fight back. He just fucking walks upstairs. Yeah, he didn't run off for once. He didn't. He didn't run off. He didn't confront his dad. That's that teen swag confidence. I hit you, where you want. I pushed your button where you didn't want it to be pushed, and I'm fucking out. Because I'm a new man, bitch. I got my women. I got my tribe. I can draw pictures of them. They're about it. I'm my own man. And I'm out. That's our new Sandy.
0: Let's get into Rabbi Bengelsdorf because I got the exact quote of what my man said because he cuts off um – he cuts Winchell. off three, broadcast. Yeah. yeah, he cuts he cuts off Win broadcast right after this, and talks about how dare, how dare he try to insult me
1: like this? All right, and, let me let me lead up to it, and you can take the quote.
0: Oh please, because I, have... I got the quote, I got it written down. And I'm gonna tell you guys some facts right here. It might get a little too. Hey, I know our listeners, I get it, but it might get a little too black. But I got it. I just wait on it. Jack, go off.
1: So it cuts to. The Bengalsdorf household. They're listening to the same broadcast that Herman was listening to. Lionel cuts it off and starts complaining that that Windchill has been slandering his program and he is going to find it in his heart. It's been a long time since he's written his own sermon, but he feels the need to condemn Windchill on the news that he's just delivered to the country. Go ahead. So he says,
0: how dare this gutter snipe speak down upon what I'm doing for y'all that don't know in the community. I will never forget. There is a classic show called Iyanla fix my life. Some might know it. Some might not from the own network, you know, Oprah's network. It's one of the Oprah homies or whatever. One of the most entertaining shows ever. I'll never forget. I had to go back and watch after I heard it on a couple of pods I listened to. When Keisha Cole brought her family up there and she called her a gutter snipe. Also, shout out North Carolina's own Little Brother rap group that you guys should all know. They went to North Carolina Central over there in Jack's neck of the woods. For sure. Right. Shout out Durham. She referred to them as gutter snipes.
1: And we were like, what
0: is that phrase? Go and Google gutter snipe. Thank me later. I heard gutter snipe, and I almost lost my shit. I hadn't lost it like this since um, Renona Ryder (laughs) hit us with that bar from last episode, bro. Yeah. But I'm telling you, this took me out. Like, I was on the floor with laughter at this one.
1: And that's all I I got for that. I think I missed that too, but the the one thing I'll say just to end that, um, as Bengalsdorf is sitting down at his desk, and he's gonna write a sermon. He says, "I feel a fire."
0: I feel a fire right here. You hit you just
1: said it. I
0: feel it.
1: Yeah, my South Carolina accent is not on point tonight, but you caught it a little bit.
0: I've been around a little bit more, you know, Carolinians north and south compared to you so i understand
1: yeah i got that jersey vibe That's
0: yeah. yeah, Look, look
1: you, you hitting one demographic i'm hitting the other one killing it herman uh
0: talks to his brother monty shout out uncle monty and you know he eventually starts working for him i didn't write about the first encounter that much you know because like when it got into the second you know whenever he ends up working I'm like okay this is what they were referring to
1: right i didn't write much about it either um, right so my first impression was that he was going to get him a new lawyer okay and then i was wrong about that right. but i don't know if we should talk about it later or now i feel like we're on it now yeah, let's go ahead, this let's go ahead, is what we speak on it this is the biggest turn that i did not expect
0: Herman going down and working for his brother in the store.
1: Giving up his job, straight up. I I did not see this coming. I, I would have assumed that Herman was going to follow through with where his career has been going to this point and just go ahead, move to Kentucky. Just like Best thought. It was like a couple scenes earlier. She was like consigned to the fact that he was going to go ahead and move them because that's the best thing for the family. He's making good pay. They're going to make better pay down there and all that. And he makes a big sacrifice and he's going to work for his brother. I, I feel like if we don't do it next episode, because Uh I feel like next episode is going to be its own episode. We might do a post episode for the series, like top biggest turns. I didn't expect this Ooh, one, okay, I'm down. This is one of them. I I can't believe that Herman just gave up, opted out of the program as a whole, and decided he's going to work for his brother. We didn't get is, a follow-up about Montana, homie. No, we did not. It, well, actually, I wonder if that's going to come to pass at some point because I feel like the only reason he did this is because he wants to – stay with the suit. Like we'll follow up with the appeals court. Maybe they'll get some retribution pay for the fact that he didn't want to follow through with this injustice and being forced to relocate his family to stick with his job. Maybe he'll get some compensation for that. I, that's the only reason I can think he would do this. Right. But yeah, Monty tells him straight up. I do this for family. I'm doing it for you. This is your choice, and I I will employ you. Just like he employed Alvin in the same sense. The only reason he let Alvin go was because he's a fucking communist, apparently, (laughs) in the eyes of the government. (laughs)
0: Right. That was the only way, which we understood it because it's like, you're the same. At the end of the day, this is also
1: a businessman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he did what was best for him, and that makes me nervous for him and going forwards working for his brother, even. But.
0: Yeah, I want I to talk about the last little thing because you teased the people a little bit earlier. We get to Herman, you know, working for his brother, and he kind of appears to, like, kind of cut his hands up a little bit, or, is, you know, his hand up a little bit. Yeah, so... Um, and we get an Epsom salt reference again, which I made sure to write down. And also, for you guys that don't know, which, I mean, like we said, me and Jack ain't got to go into like personal details, but if you know, you know. I, too, do physical labor, so they can and everyone knows it too whatever i ask my boss all the time whatever yo, yeah, when a pair of gloves are starting to wear out i get some more gloves like i'm never not wearing gloves like M tells me all the time about like it's crazy you can work you know do what you do and have soft hands i'm like i'm not playing no games about anything like that stay with gloves bass even says later on but epsom salt um part two what did you you know you you talked about this a little bit earlier what'd you what'd you have to mention with this
1: No, I caught that, too. So when we actually see Herman working at the warehouse, which I don't remember exactly what Monty's warehouse is, but I don't think it really matters. He's a businessman. He's running a business. It's like a shipping dock or whatever. Herman's moving a bunch of stuff, and his hands are getting sore. And Monty calls him out, and he's like, you know, you've been working soft too long. You know, go ahead and move your stuff. And He's like, it's my first day, man. Like, I'm doing my thing. And his coworkers like just rub some Epsom salts on it and you'll harden up your hands. So mention to Herman, use some Epsom salts, harden up your hands. Mention to Alvin, rub some Epsom salts in your leg, harden up. I think there's a implied message there. You need to harden up now because things are only gonna get worse. So the, I think the implied message of the Epsom salts to the Eleven family is if you're going to fight this now, because we're deep in it now, and I have something to mention about that later when it comes to the rally. Okay. You, We're in it now. Like You're almost a little too late to the party to deal with it. Right. If there's, if there's any time that you need to figure out where your stance is going to be and how you're going to play it, you best harden up. And I think that's the implied sense of how the imps and salts are uh, mentioned in the episode. What do you think about that?
0: I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, you know, I always talk to you and we you know we talk like off air as far as like, you know, what's next? Like, what's the plan? You know? Yeah. Even when I first told you about just this in particular, which I mean, you know, we're not going to get into depth in depth about that because, you know, that's for when, you know, we're successful out here. But, you know, I talked to you about like, yo, like I made sure I had everything together before I even was starting to get started because I had, you know, the thoughts of, okay, this is how I want this
1: to go. For sure. You know. But yeah, th- this is like, this is wartime. Like, you're going to go to war with your own countrymen you are going to Herman's going to find out real soon what the hell that means. Alvin's already found it out. Right. If you're going to stay a fighter, if you're going to stay in this and actually play it all all the way out, all the way through, you're going to have to be hard. Harden your beliefs, hard in your reactions and Believe in yourself. Like Firm up.
0: We we back on it this episode. That's what we try to tell y'all, man. Fuck yeah. Um Into the Wish now's leaving for Kentucky. <sighs> Speculations on what what that book was that Philip ran back in the house and gave Selden. Was that the stamps? Yeah, it's not speculation. It's the it was the stamps? Work. Okay. Yeah. I was making sure I wasn't tripping. I, I wrote the book just in case. Like, I was like, I don't want to be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it had to be the stamps. Like,
1: no, He's he just imploring, a, like, yo, do not let them leave yet. He pulled that from under his bed. That's where he keeps the stamps. Okay, he did go well, under the bed. I got you. When Earl left him, he gave him stamps. So... Philip is repaying the favor to whatever cost it will be to him, whatever these are worth at some point. Don't let him leave. I have to give him something. He hands the book over to Sh- Selden, and Selma is like, Philip, you don't have to do that. And He says,
2: Take it! Take it!
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, this is also like a little losing uh, it. This is also, like, a little, uh, like, you know, part of sympathy. Like, yo, like, damn, if it wasn't for me, y'all wouldn't be off to Kentucky with that. You know, we're not going.
1: There's definitely a guilt factor there for sure. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. But, yeah, Philip is losing it. Straight oh, yeah. up. Like, he cannot handle what's going on in general. And I think at this point, because it's bef- – well, it's an interesting when it comes to the timeline of things because by Herman taking this new job, he's already absolved them from their move. But I do think even if that's the case, Phil probably still feels responsible for the fact that the Wish Nows are moving to Kentucky to begin with because he was the one that suggested it to Evelyn. So maybe it is just a guilt factor. Right. The only reason that you're going down there is because of me and no one else knows that take my most valuable possession. And hopefully at some point you'll understand that this is my only payment I can give you as a 10, 12 year old kid. Like that's the only concession I can give you. Right. Let's get into
0: the goat coming with some bars right here. Alvin Shushi leaving the club on a night out nice blonde ting out here where she talks about never being with a cripple before. And he talks about, you know, Hey, it don't matter like that or whatever. At one point I had three legs. I don't think I caught that <laughs> line. <laughs> he said that. Yes. yes. He said at one point I had three
1: legs. He's like, you know, hey, it. Good, good for him.
0: Until they run into the feds after like they get into the car and Alvin just, you know, sees them like, you know, what the so fuck? So the, th-
1: the only thing I'll say about that is that I knew it wasn't uh, Mina, Mina, whatever. No, yeah, yeah, it wasn't her. It was a blonde ting. Because on the closed captions, it literally said bar fly.
0: <laughs> that is funny.
1: So I knew it wasn't them. But yeah, he clearly sees the FBI officer out there. And he confronts him straight up. He's like, when are y'all going to give up? What are you going to do? And that guy, that guy doesn't respond to him at all. And a car pulls up. He hops right in. They take the fuck off. Right. Like, like, when am I going to escape this surveillance? This is crazy. Spoiler alert, never. True. We only got a couple more left, man.
0: Um, we're here well, at the, the
1: rest. Of this runs together. I don't yeah, like, exactly. Do you want to cover one thing at a time, like one scene together, or do you want to just do the interchangeable thing?
0: It's on you, brother. I mean, I got them all written down and
1: everything. So either way, hey, I let you take the lead on the narrative. So go ahead.
0: Let's go a little bit back and forth, just because the way I got it written down, I don't want to mess anything up. Let's do it. We're here at the wedding. We just, you know, we see the initial marriage of now the
1: the Bengals Dorfs. All right. Let me stop you right there real quick. What's up? Is that his wife's dress? Yo, I didn't think of that shit. Holy fuck. I don't know. No one knows. That was my first question. But yeah, i not going to get answered unanswerable question but i had to say it
0: i'm gonna i'm 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 gonna talk more about the wedding a little bit later because of something i mentioned earlier in the pod um you're fine herman is home and he's talking you know he's talking about his roughed up hands and sandy's just like yo you know like like which he's talking about his roughed up hands and everything like sandy's over there just kind of looking and which i thought a point a, a part of him would be like yo damn like yo my dad was like Doing good. Like, what is this now? Like, working for us, right? Right. And, you know, he asked Bess, you know, his own mom, like, yo, why didn't we go to Kentucky? You want to hit what Bess said? Uh, I don't think I have it. God. She pretty much was like, you know, because Sandy's like, why didn't we go to Kentucky? You know, yeah. like, they're like, you know, mm. I know the family, which you said the family's name earlier. Like, I know them. They're, they're the not. The Wishnaus. No, yeah, no, no, not, not the Wishnows. um Well, they're, oh, they're the the, the family. Yeah, there we go. Them. You know, they're not. I don't know if he used the, the term racist or not, but he was like, you know, they don't hate Jewish people. And she was like, OK, all fine and dandy. But at the same time, it doesn't mean everyone else around there doesn't. He still doesn't get the fact that she's trying to tell him, okay, yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah, you went around to one family that's kind of cool about it or whatever.
1: That's not going to be everyone. Oh, you mean the one family that signed up for the program that allowed you to come down there and live with them? They're not anti-Semites? Great. That doesn't help us, Sandy.
0: Pretty much. It's like, yo, come on now.
1: And uh, that's where we get the mention that Herman wants best to wake him up in an hour because he wants to go see Winchell.
0: Right. Right, right, right. Which I'm glad you brought that up because at first I was like, oh, it's going to be up in like another hour. Like, OK, which one last time you've been like, oh, wake me up in an hour. And it's like you actually wouldn't sleep within that hour. Like I might have got like a good 15 minutes. It definitely wasn't. Maybe.
1: Cool. Yeah, no. But, you know, maybe he got work to the core. You know? Yeah, he's tired. He's a soft man at this point come to that manual labor but uh we get out to back to the wedding back to and the wedding Ugh. rabbi banglesdorf is talking about how he, his newspaper article that he was able to write his sermon got published in the paper got Winchell out of a job one day after his article was published which that's the part that speaks to the power that bangles darferson fighting for this whole time that's the kind of thing that he has been his influence his power his ability to coerce people within the you know normalcies of life he has that political backing to what his word means is influential in the world and uh this mentioned at the same time during the way that Winchell wants to run for president, which Ly- Lionel uh, makes fun of where he says he scoffs at it, saying, oh, he can get up on his Apple box and talk about what he wants and what he wants to do, which we see later. It's not much of an Apple box. It's a platform. But uh, yeah, right? we're going to see how that all plays out. It was at this point I
0: want to go ahead and mention, like. I I was thinking about this because I'm like, okay, I hope this isn't like because from the initial part we saw, I'm like, God, I hope this isn't all we see from the wedding. So glad it wasn't. I'm like, yo, like does does which I mean, it hasn't been shown that, you know, Evelyn just has many friends, you know. But I'm like, imagine just being at like your wedding and like, yo, do I even know how these people? Right. Like that popped in my head. Like, yo, I'm like, I mean, regardless of whatever, how she felt about. Herman prior to this it's like yo like my sister's not here like my nephews aren't here like yo my people aren't here with me on what should be the greatest day of my life
1: though it does seem like it's mostly uh Lionel's Dorf's well Lionel's Dorf's that's not what I meant Bengals Dorf's uh, congregation is probably a part of the um wedding party there and right we, we get to see that later so she's probably got to know them to this point
0: right so. but it's just like yo like you know what I'm saying, like. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, too, bro, it's, it's like this, man, like, I know you, we've been cool how many years now? Shit, maybe going on, like, five or six? I think I knew you, but I, I definitely knew you before I moved, but I can't remember if it was 14 or 15.
1: It's close, either way.
0: And I've almost been here about four years. Yeah. It's been a little while. It's a lot different between, like... Whenever you get married and everything, like, I mean, it's still different, too, because, like, I've known you prior. Imagine, like, it's just all of, like, you know, your, you know, amazing fiance's friends.
1: And straight up, like, your family is still in New Jersey and did not attend. That's got to speak volumes to how it yeah, feels. Just a little it. loud. I mean, she,
0: she looked incredible. And like, you know, Jack said, "We is this her dress or no?
1: Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoa So so Herman goes to see the Winchill Rally Or he's leaving to go see from the house And Bess tells him straight they up Trying to stop him man Alright so she says They burned an effigy for him on Long Island Last night and the bun Showed up making threats mm. So I looked up some of this Um, The German Bund apparently was a German-American group that was sympathetic to the Nazi program. Um, At some point, they changed their name from the Friends of Germany to the German-American Bund in 1936. So it's definitely a pro-fascist group of people. That is threatening the election campaign of uh, Windchill and then burning an effigy. You know what that means? No. It's burning a cross. Yikes.
0: Yikes, yikes, yikes.
1: So, um, you know, if they're burning an effigy for you, that means they feel like you're not sympathetic to their... Christianity? Straight up? At all. Yeah. Not a great situation she wants her husband to drive down to to support if those are the things that have been threatened towards them literally last night.
0: Which, I mean, completely understand. Well, I can imagine any of our, like, you know, women would be like, yo,
1: like, this ain't it. No. Yeah. Everyone would be. Any Anyone in your life would be like, hey, I heard these things, and uh, maybe don't go down there to support that. These seem like significant threats. That's so a good of a look, my guy. So we cut back to
0: the wedding. Get back to the wedding, and you tell me what was happening here, because only thing I wrote down was— There were higher-ups at the synagogue, and they're telling Rabbi Bengelsdorf about some people not particularly comfortable with his politics.
1: Yeah, so it's two synagogue officers of the synagogue that he's a rabbi at. I believe the HBO pod mentioned it was the president and someone else in the script, but higher influential people within their synagogue telling him they've lost more than 100 families within the last few months— because they're worried about his political stance. Bengelsdorf rallies back with, he thinks that more family will join their shul, which didn't look up shul, but I assume that means like people of their congregation. They'll join them because of his political actions after the fact. So he's like totally resigned from people wanting to leave his synagogue or his um, congregation at this point, because if they want to, they're more than welcome to because we're going to be opening the doors to the rest of the people after we implement these policies, we assimilate these Jewish people into real American society, and they'll be more than welcome to welcome them into their synagogue after the fact. Seems like a uh, dissociation from reality for sure. And he's just like,
0: yo, this is my wedding day. Like not now.
1: Exactly. Yeah. He's like, why don't you go ahead and relegate yourselves back to the activities that the function we're at is implemented for. So go ahead, forget about this right now and celebrate us. Why don't you? Right. We go A little, from there. Oh, was it go ahead. Little cognitive dissonance for sure, on the terms of Bengals perception at this point. Pretty much.
0: Herman goes to the rally for Winshaw. Correct. Winshaw, yeah, yeah. Winshaw for president in nineteen forty four. I wrote down, yo, we saw black people! (laughs) All that. I was like, okay. Which, like, what you said earlier and everything, it's like, yo, it's not just the Jewish people, but it's going to turn into other
1: minorities. It's all the minorities. Like, he's the one that's rallying right now. Well, at least publicly he did for the Jewish people, but he's rallying for everyone else because he's recognizing the signs of what's happening. That's the key that's missing from Herman's um, mindset at this point. It's not just Jewish people. It's going to be all the minorities of all the people that are going to be locked out of what's eventually going to become a fascist culture going on in this society. Like, we only recognize our own. We only trust our own. That's how this shit goes. But Winchell is more tapped into how he's going to try to rally— all of those other minorities, all those other people into believing in him and trying to take down what's going on in the democracy right now and shift the gears back.
0: I mean, we see in this where originally, I think it was someone from actually like in the rally who throws like, you know, not a beer can, like a, maybe like a beer or something, you know, form of glass or whatever, towards, like, people, and they're like, yo, no violence, none, you know?
1: (laughs) So, Winchell specifically mentions that Hoover's men are over there on the side filming in their black suits sitting on the side of the rally. Um, What he's mentioning by Hoover's men is that J. Edgar Edgar Hoover was the FBI director at the time, so it's the FBI's men that are sitting on the side filming this so they can capture what's going on at the rally. That's when that guy throws a beer bottle at the FBI agents and says, you fucking Nazis. So when she'll that, tells them to all calm down. We're not going to resort to violence. And uh, straight up says, don't give them an excuse.
0: Right. I, I love that because I'm like, oh, man, I, got, I definitely understand that part. Absolutely. Into pretty much the Nazis just come in there and just, I mean, they get this shit popping. Like, so
1: you see a young blonde man whisper to a police officer on the side of the rally. He whispers to him. Police officer whispers back. Nothing really happens. The guy starts to walk into the crowd. And you see a mob of young blonde men just start wandering to the crowd at will. And then the violence starts to happen within the rally. I mean, I think
0: I saw like old people getting dropped. I was like, my
1: god, everyone's getting dropped. Everyone once they kind of infiltrate and they're all separated and kind of in their space, they start beating the shit out of people. It's and, crazy. And guess what the police do? Nothing. It
0: was Charlottesville. Nothing. Yep. We I mean, shout out to the plot against America, pod. Right there on that one, it was Charlottesville, man.
1: They allow them to infiltrate the the. Um, the rally. They start antagonizing violence against all the people that are there. Um, one of the people that they mentioned, well, well, I already mentioned, but was the German Bund was one of the people that um offered threats against Winchell the previous night at his last rally. So I believe that's like the group of people that's being assumed that's infiltrating the rally and causing the violence. And I right. think as it's kind of dictated out a little bit later in the radio broadcast that Bess is listening to by the end of the episode, it's talked about how there was violence outbroke at the rally. They don't really mention how or why the violence broke out at the rally, which speaks to the media's perception and their influence on it, either perception or intentional, um, Implications of how they want the rally to have played out. It just broke into violence, maybe in the crowd of all these different immigrants. Right. Which could play into its own factor of how they want that perceived by the public. Right, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Into the last thing we see. Vest is listening to,
1: about the riot happening on the well, radio. You, you missed the one good part. Herman got his fucking ass beat. In the rally by one of these, I'm just going to say it, Aryan Nation. It was so much chaos going
0: on. I was just like, what the fuck,
1: man? No, Herman turned around and one of these, um, you know, I should pause myself as a blonde-haired, blue-eyed man. But I will say one of these Aryan Nation people punched him right in the face and knocked him to the ground. And once you're on the ground in a fight in a rally, you're going to get your fucking ass kicked in. So, Herman got his ass beat. To say the least. So, Bess is hearing about all the violence that happened in Patterson at the rally. And Herman ends up rolling up back of the house.
0: I mean, she's there at the door. He gets out. Bloodied. One side is just, I mean. I mean, he gave me some WWE, like. Late nineties, early two thousands shit. Yep. And she just, she just embraces him.
1: You Use the exact same words I did in my notes. I said he was bloodied, and then best embraces him. What is she do then? She kind of. I, I do, can't remember. Do, she do saying, you I, have, the I, I, I have the quote?
0: I I don't know if I have an exact quote, so I'm gonna just let you go in.
1: She embraces I wrote him. the gist of it. Yeah, she embraces him. She lets him go. and Then she stares him down. You can't do this. Not to us. Not to our lives. If you do, I'll go to the Canada. I'll go to the Canada. I will take the children and I will leave. His face right there is just like, yo. And on top of all that, who snuck out of the house and heard all that? Philip. Yep. The spy, man. Tell him. So he runs upstairs. Kind of goes to the closet. Bathroom. Oh, bathroom. OK, gotcha. Close the door and fucking loses it.
0: And that's where that music came in. I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy because I cannot wait for next week, man.
1: But that's the implication to Philip that he doesn't understand everything essentially that's going on. You know, he doesn't really know what happened in the rally. He doesn't really know what happened or the implication of his dad going there and his mom being mad at them. All he hears is if you do whatever you did, we're going to break up our family. Right. And that's what kills him.
0: (sighs) Wow, man. Wild, wild, wild. No thoughts. For anyone that still gets that song. (laughs) had to. Sorry. Um, Anything before we get to what I wrote down for the series finale?
1: I think I hit everything I wanted to. I mean...
0: Shit is lit. it's, 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 It's crazy to say the least right now, man. For sure. So I wrote down... In order for the next episode. Yep. Series finale. Part six. The plot against America. Herman is in a truck alone on the radio and he hears about anti-Jewish disturbances happening in Cleveland and Indianapolis. Yep. We go from there to Rabbi Rabbi Bengelsdorf, who speaks about the riot that just, you know, that happened.
1: He he speaks specifically about civil disturbances following Winchell's speeches. He says speeches plurally, so I think he's implying that multiple – riots have happened after he's made his speeches at wherever he's made his speeches and I think he's doing that implicating that there have been multiple riots and they've been fueled by Winchell speaking himself not so much what he's speaking about right Herman
0: tells Bess that they have to leave to which we're like tough damn you get it To, uh, to which she responds They've closed the borders. Ew. That was like heartbreaking, man. And then we see like people with bats, and weapons, and we see shit on
1: fire. I'm like, holy fuck. Sandy confronts Ev about Lindbergh.
0: Yeah, he goes and talks to Aunt Evelyn and I thought this I thought Lindbergh is what America needed. You know, for the Jewish people and everything else. To which Evelyn's like, these riots aren't about Lindbergh. You know, he's a good man. She's still on her ship. Totally fucked. At dinner, I literally rewound, rewound, rewound and caught a good moment to pause and caught it twice. We don't see who he's talking to. At least from the angle. Mm Mm-hmm. That Herman's like, oh god, what did Herman say? Oh, he was like, "Do you? Um, does it not bother you about you see what's happening to this country?"
1: You, you caught see, that right? I didn't catch that, but I assume if that's the case, he's talking to Bengalsdorf. And that's what I think, right? That's what I or, thought too.
0: Or you who know, I noticed? You know, what I saw on the right side. Who? Mm, not Mina, but um, what's her name?
1: I have no idea. Not Mina. Help. How... Um, the, the 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 boss's daughter, man. That's Mina.
0: That's her. I'm, she was on the right hand side, right beside Sandy. I literally, I'm telling, you, go back and catch him.
1: He was probably talking to Alvin then. Yeah. Or, yeah.
0: At least that was in, that was implied because, I mean, I was like, it's got to be Alvin now. But she so, was on the right side beside Sandy.
1: I'll have to check that back out. The last scene I caught was Herman in the car.
0: Yeah. Sandy, Beth,
1: Sandy in the and, front um... seat. Was he in the front seat? He was in the front seat. I, I assume I assume Bess and Philip are in the back seat. But what's he have in his hand? A gun. A revolver. Yeah. And who, and who stops them? Was it defense? KKK. Hey,
0: oh, I definitely wrote that shit down. I was like, yo, because like, I, I, that's, that's what I wrote down. There was a bunch of clips that was all just happening at once, including yeah. the end a KKK member. And I'm like, holy fuck.
1: So I feel like they're trying to make it for the border, and they get stopped somewhere.
0: The last thing I got written down is
1: best saying we only think we're Americans. Boom.
0: I was like, oh my God, man. What in the hell is about to happen? I don't even know if this is going to be an hour. Can they they fit this in an hour?
1: Is this going to be like an hour and a half? What the hell is about to happen, bro? I can't even predict. I hope it's longer. Honestly. I mean, every episode since episode two, maybe, we've ended it saying this shit's gonna be wild. Right. This shit's it just, gonna be wild. And just to upset
0: Jack real <laughs> quick with everything, um, you know, we hope it's a little bit longer. We hope it's like shot in like, you know, a little bit of more light, you know, we don't we don't need a little bit of Game of Thrones. Season eight.
1: Don't tag me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man. I don't think we're going to end disappointed. I don't think so. We don't know how this novel ends, though, so we'll see.
1: I think it's going to be great.
0: I can't wait, man. Your closing thoughts, sir?
1: The last thing I wanted to say about Herman was um, he's talked a big game the whole series, and then the one time he showed up, was at a rally in 1942 that got taken over by potentially the German Bund, German-American sympathizers with the German people and their fight across the sea. He was ready to go from the get-go before Lindbergh got, got elected. And by the time he shows up for the fight, he's so late to the party. It doesn't even matter. Crazy, man. I feel like that's the biggest tragedy of the series so far. He was right from the get-go. But by the time he acted, he was beyond late. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. I mean, I can't wait. I cannot wait.
1: But I don't think the fight's going to stop now. Nah. (laughs) Shit's gonna be. Not at all. I think that's all we got for part five. Yeah, that's all we have. It's only two and a half hours.
0: (laughs) I'm gonna get Jack on up out of here. I gotta go check on my food. And, um, like I said at the beginning, remember always to rate, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Links and everything in the description bio below all the links are up in there wherever you listen to this on or at new playlist on whatever platform you listen to music on all there be ready for next week 3 hours <laughs> Facts. we might have to cut that shit in half who knows we'll, we'll talk about that when we talk about it for sure i know just like tonight i can't play nothing else boy <laughs> appreciate the homie jack like always we're almost there
1: bro love you bro
0: Coco is over here giving me a face guys so I need to feed him before he like runs up on me so you know I don't want none of that smoke little 8 pound dog
1: don't be looking that leg now Coco
0: <laughs> so until next time after credits plot against America that's Woo-hoo. Jack. I'm Mookie and until next time we
2: are